Matthew chapter 26. Notice with me over here in verse 6. Matthew 26, verse 6. Uh, jumping right into the resurrection story. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Everybody say it out loud. Say, he is risen. And now Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5. It reads, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive, meaning he made us alive, together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so uh, we know the physical resurrection of Jesus absolutely demonstrated his victory over death. But what happened in the spirit of the resurrection gives us that victory too. So it's not just limited to, yea, Jesus, you're alive. It is also now, in what is also included in the story is, thank you, Jesus, I'm alive too. Because you are, I am. Jesus being raised from the dead is not only for our salvation, but it is a perfect picture of kind of the way that God is. It's a perfect demonstration, an image of what he wants to do in people's lives continually. He brings life where there was death. He is the turnaround king. <laughs> Amen. No tiger doesn't hold that, uh, that position. <laughs> it is the Lord. Um, he is health for the sick, and he is joy for the sorrowful. He is restoration for the lost, and he absolutely is fulfillment for an empty life. You know, there's a day coming. You read about it in the last book of the Bible in Revelation 21. It says he's going to make all things new. And so he's the quicker fixer-upper for sure. And he knows how to turn a bad situation around into a good situation. He knows how to take death and turn it around and bring life out of the middle of it. And so he has a history of making weak things strong. Uh, he has a history of taking something that seems to be worth nothing and, and making it of tremendous value. Praise God. I'm glad he is that way. A couple examples. There was a, uh, when Israel in the old covenant first desired and they begged, begged for a king because other nations had a king and they wanted a king and the Lord said, don't do it. And he said, well, we want one anyway. He said, fine. And gave him, and the first one they gave him, he gave him was Saul. Remember, Saul, uh, King Saul is, is interesting about him because he went from a very timid man uh, hiding in the equipment to one leading an army to victory. I mean, John, just almost overnight, and here's what the scripture said about him. First Samuel 10, 6, then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. So he said about Saul, you're going to be turned into another man. The ninth verse of that chapter reads, So it was when, they, when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. He made him into a new man. He gave him another heart. Would that be of any value to anyone today? 
I tell you, that's the way the Lord thinks. He doesn't see a, a bad situation, doesn't see a messed up life, doesn't see someone who's, who has great need and throws his hands up and throws in the towel and says, well, they had their chance. No, that looks like an, just an amazing opportunity for God to go to work. And he said, here we go again. We're about to turn something around. We're about to make something uh, alive that used to be dead. Uh, there was a, uh, another situation with, uh, with Israel when they, uh, they were being attacked really for a period of seven years by another nation called the Midianites. And what they would do is every time they would plant their crops, the Midianites would come in in droves and tear them all out. And basically over this time, they were impoverishing the nation. And, uh, and finally, they called out on the name of the Lord, which, oh, by the way, that's always a good idea. <laughs> if you get in big trouble, he's your help. He's not your problem. He's your answer. He's your solution. He's not going to make it worse. He's, he wants to make it better. And so, and so they, they started looking to the Lord, and there was a guy there named Gideon. And Gideon was working one day, in, it says, in the wine press, basically hiding their, their wheat and stuff from the Midianites because they're going to come and get rid of it, and we're, we're going to be starving again. So he's, he's not real bold and out there. He's not a, a person of, of great acclaim. He's just trying to survive. He's just trying to make it. And one day, the angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon. You know what he says to him? He says, he he calls him something. He says, you mighty man of valor. Now, he didn't look like a mighty man of valor. He looked like he was just barely trying to survive. He's hiding. He's not going out there, you know any kind of confrontation with the enemy. He's hiding, just trying to make it. Yet God called him something different. You know, the end result of that story is he actually became what the angel called him. He became a leader. He became a mighty person, one of valor, and was able to deliver uh, the nation of Israel from the, the, the Midianites. And so this history, this pattern of God working was you know, really came to a climax in the resurrection of Jesus. When Jesus came and out of the grave and conquered death, it's very interesting why he did that, though. It wasn't just so we could sit back in our defeated lives, in our weak demeanor, you know, and hide, we can hide out and say, Jesus, Jesus, you're awesome. And, and we're, you know, we're going to go to church now, and we're going to, uh, and Jesus is, no, he did this, so that the pattern of going from death to life could be duplicated. Not so it would just be appreciated for all time as something we observed took place in him, but so that it could be replicated again and again and again and again and again. Here, here's, what, uh, here's what Romans 8.29 said. It reads that he, last part, it reads that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That Jesus might be what? First among many. Not so he would be first and only and done, period, game over. Everyone else just appreciate him for all eternity. No, uh, and we do do that, by the way. (laughs) But, But that he would be first and there would be many after that. Many what? Resurrections. That other people would go from death to life. 
that many other people would go from an impossible situation to an amazing, outstanding event, something that is worthy of acclaim and worthy of honor, that he would turn the Gideons around into mighty men of valor continually and multiplied millions and millions of people. This is, this is what he really wanted to do. And so you think about when Jesus came out of the grave, how many know that wasn't Satan's best day? <laughs> I mean, he had just got his rear end kicked in, the, in his own backyard and all that he had been able to do in dominating mankind for thousands of years as a result of the sin of Adam was now taken back from him. And Jesus said, now I have the keys. <laughs> Where'd you get them? <laughs> I took him. Because Satan thought he won. He, Jesus took the keys and he was raised from the dead. And oh, junk. Now he's alive. And so you can see how that was kind of a nightmare coming to pass in, in Satan's life. But you know what's even worse than that? You say, well, how could it be worse than that? No, because it happened uh, just a few days later when all of a sudden the Spirit of God was poured out upon 120 people in an upper room. And all of a sudden, those who believed in Jesus and his resurrection got filled with the power of God. And in essence, in short, don't misunderstand this statement. In essence, there wasn't just one Jesus. Now they're everywhere. And I don't mean that we're Jesus or we're God or anything like that. You don't understand what I'm saying. But now what Jesus was able to do or what he had in him is all of a sudden being multiplied. Boom, 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 all over the place. And that 120 immediately, it, it, it turned into... Uh, it turned into 3,000. And then a few days later, it, turned, it, it got up to over 8,000. And, and, and it's been multiplying ever since. Everywhere the devil looks, there's Jesus in you, in Jesus in me. And this is not what he wanted there to be. Uh, in other words, you know, Jesus would walk around at times and, and he would minister. And you read about the stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And sometimes he'd go into the synagogue and, and people who were demon-possessed, uh, those spirits would cry out and say, we know who you are. They'd look at Jesus, we know who you are. No one else really knew who he was. Said, we know who you are, you son of God. Have you, come to, have you come to torment us before the time? All right. And so they knew who Jesus was. And then after Jesus started replicating, <laughs> duplicating, reproducing his life in people, what do you think's going on in the minds of these demons who had almost uh, free access to dominate people? Everywhere they would go, they could rule and reign over people, keep them in bondage, and they ha- almost had no defense against it. But now they do. How many know the next, the next strategy from the enemy is to keep people in darkness? If he can keep you from knowing what you have and what you can do, uh, then he continues on in his rule and reign. But I'm telling you, Jesus did not um, do all this to create a weak, powerless church. To create, uh, you know, a family who basically would drag through life and barely make it. They're just being beat up by life and circumstance and the devil all their days. He was raised up from the dead so he can produce himself in people so they could be bold, so they can be overcomers, so they can be uh, devil defeaters, if you will. And, uh, and, and he didn't raise up a people who would have to apologize for being saved. 
have to apologize for their righteous standards, have to try to keep it a secret, like we believe in heaven and hell, but don't tell anyone because it's not really accepted. That's not the type of person that Jesus was, and therefore, it's not the kind of person he wants to make. People who cower and are almost embarrassed of, of, of their relationship with God and what they believe. Everybody okay today? If you have been saved, you have been given that new heart. You have been made into the new person. You are now the Gideon, the mighty man of, of valor. This is what he has done for us. Daniel, uh, the prophet Daniel said in chapter 11, he said it this way, those who do know their God shall be strong and do or carry out great exploits, not shall be weak, not shall be pathetic and barely scrape through and make it through life. They're going to be powerful. They're going to be strong and mighty. This is what the Lord has created us to be. Now, why am I saying it this way? Uh, There's something on the inside of me that says people need to have an attitude that resembles the resurrection. This is the direction the Lord gave me, a resurrection attitude. I don't mean an arrogant attitude. I don't mean proud in any way because in and of ourselves, we can do nothing and I can't save myself or raise myself up or do anything like that. But in him, I need to know what that resurrection produced in me. And it didn't produce anything small or weak, but he created us and raised us to be champions to be overcomers. This is what he envisioned. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, and since we have the same spirit of faith, you know, we believe and speak, but we have the same spirit of faith. Well, the word spirit can be used in different ways. In one sense, it can be used as an attitude, an attitude of faith. What, what, what would be a bad attitude? Anyone ever had a bad attitude? Here's a bad attitude, unbelief. Here's a bad attitude, fear. Here's a bad attitude, timidity or negativity or unbelieving or, be, or being passive. That's a bad attitude for someone who's been resurrected. The spirit of faith causes us to be bold. We are submitted to him, but we are absolutely his representatives in the earth doing what? We are enforcing the victory of the resurrection. When Satan was defeated, he's not going to act like he's defeated. Amen. It's like, it's like, in, the, you know, like in politics when, when someone gets uh, uh, beat, what they usually do is they call and they say congratulations to their opponent and they concede the election. And then every now and then you have one. I think there's, there was one from a few months ago in, down in a different state. From what I heard in the news, while back, that this person still won't concede. <laughs> they, they still have it even to this day because no, I won't admit to I admit I lost. Well, you did. <laughs> I don't think the devil's going to concede. You know what I mean? So someone's got to stand up and say, "Dude, you lost. You lost." And so get out of my house. You lost. Get away from my kids. You lost. Get out of my family. You lost, dude. Get out of my money. Get out of my finances. No, you lost. Get out of my body. You lost. Stop tormenting my mind. No, no, you're not allowed to stay. You lost. Remember, you can concede or I'm just going to stick my heel in the bruise that's on your head. 
from Jesus, right? You lost. And it's an attitude that we have that says, we're on the winning team. We are victorious. Jesus did this for me. Amen. Doesn't cause me to be proud, causes me to be thankful. But I'm absolutely going to act like I'm resurrected. That's what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, that we were raised up together. And so Christianity is not defined by going to church. It's not defined by just, you know, what we don't do. I'm a Christian, so I don't do this anymore or whatever. That's not the definition. The definition is I've been raised from the dead. What do you mean you're a Christian? I've been spiritually resurrected. I've been raised up with him. Now I'm positionally in a place under God, but definitely over sin and over the devil and over all the issues in this world. He has given me a ranking that is higher and above that. I've been raised with him. I look over to my left and there's Jesus. Because scripture says we've been seated with him in heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. I know I'm giving you a lot of verses, but they're all good, so uh, you don't have to be concerned. Uh, Matthew 11 and verse 12, he said, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. That's a little bit of an odd statement, but the, the, the phrase there, suffers violence, means to force or to press in. See, uh, up until John the Baptist, no one in Israel was really pressing in. They weren't giving any effort and energy, but he came along preaching. All of a sudden, all these people are flocking out to the wilderness to hear this guy who eats grasshoppers, right? And, and John the Baptist is out there preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven. Is, and people are going by the droves. They're giving up their lives and they're saying, yeah, it's time to get right with God. They had this, this attitude, but they were violently resolved in their zeal and they were forcefully pressing into the kingdom of heaven. This is the precise ingredient that many people are missing today. They don't have enough attitude about this. They're not serious about what they want, and so they live on the outside of what's available. And I tell you, there is resurrection life and power available for all. Hallelujah. How many have ever heard of Chuck Norris? (laughs) All right, most people have heard of Chuck Norris. He's a famous martial artist and actor and and a believer, too. And uh, how many have ever heard of the, you know, some jokes about Chuck Norris? He's... He seems to have, for whatever reason, attracted lots of memes and sayings about himself. Some of them kind of go like this. When the boogeyman goes to sleep at night, he checks his closet for Chuck Norris. (laughs) When Chuck Norris falls in water, Chuck Norris doesn't get wet. Water gets Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris can believe it's not butter. (laughs) Chuck Norris can divide by zero. Chuck Norris ordered a Big Mac at Burger King and got one. Chuck Norris can kill two stones with one bird. (laughs) What came first, the chicken or the egg? Chuck Norris came first. (laughs) Chuck Norris counted to infinity twice. (laughs) All right, here's my point. (laughs) 
there's a little bit of that inside of you if you're a believer. If you've received the resurrected Christ, there's a bit of that inside. People often nowadays declare that they have problems. Very quick for people to acknowledge and say, I have problems. And I'm wondering, is that true? Is that really true? Do you have a problem or does a problem have you? Did Gideon have a Midianite problem or did the Midianites have a Gideon problem? You might not remember the story of David and Goliath. Well, question, did David have a giant problem or did Goliath have a David problem? Hallelujah. You read that story, it's interesting. David never even called Goliath a giant. He didn't bother referring to him as some insurmountable object or person that couldn't be overcome. He just called him an uncircumcised Philistine. Everyone else was saying, giant, giant. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philippine? In other words, Phil- Philippine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Philistine. Uh, in, other words, in other words, what that meant was no covenant with God. Who is he coming against the people of God? Right? And sometimes people today, believers, meaning resurrected ones, they speak of their problems with great respect. They speak of all the evils with such awe and there's nothing we can do. I think we need an attitude adjustment. I think we need to let, let, the, let these uh, situations uh, start talking about us with great respect. Jesus, we know who you are. Bob, we know who you are. Jim, we know who you are. Huh? Amy, we know who you are. What do you mean? Who are we? You were in Christ when he was raised from the dead, weren't you? That's right. And so watch your mouth. Did, did Jesus have a devil problem? Or did the devil have a Jesus problem? See, can you see how, what I'm saying? If we see ourselves on a certain level, we're going to see all the hard things, the problems as being over us. I have a, I have a. Instead of reversing that mentality and having a resurrection mentality that says, if I've really been raised up with him, then I don't have a problem. That problem has a me. Hallelujah. (laughs) I tell you today, sickness has a problem. You. Depression has a problem. You. The devil has a problem. You. I don't have a problem. The problem has me. I wonder if when, if when, uh, you know, if when depression gets together with, you know, all of his friends, fear and anxiety and worry and cancer and and, uh, and darkness and death, and when they all get together and begin to share what's going on in their lives, does your name come up? They seem to get brought up in our discussions. Maybe we ought to get brought up in their discussions. Say, I was going right, I was just minding my own business. And, and all of a sudden, Ashley showed up. Junk. And everyone, get, everyone starts shaking in the room. I hate it when she comes. <laughs> she knows who she is in Christ. 
She knows what Jesus has done for her, and we don't stand a chance. I used to rule and reign over her life. I would smack her with all kinds of problems and issues, and she would cower in fear and shrink back in worry, and she would be afraid of all the darkness. But then one day she got saved and found out who she was in Christ, and now every time there's an attack, she fights back, and she stands up and uses that name. I hate that name. She uses that name. Ah! And we get driven out. Everybody okay today? When Jesus empowered his disciples, you know, even before the resurrection, gave them use of his name, he sent them out to preach. You remember when they came back, it says in Luke 10, 17, the 70 returned with joy saying, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Notice what they notice what they said. Jesus Jesus corrected them in in this in one regard. He said, "Rejoice that your name is written in heaven." Get your focus on that. But he didn't correct them in what they said because it was true. The demons are subject to who? To us. People twist that and they say, "Well, the demons were subject to Jesus." Yes, but they're subject to anyone who uses his name. And if I use his name, they're subject to me. And so it's a different attitude of looking at the world and looking at life and seeing, oh, how can I make it through? Problem, problem, problem. And start seeing who we are in Christ, raised from the dead. Amen. I, I watched this, uh, this little video of a, a young boy, like a five-year-old boy praying. And I thought, I like this, I like this attitude. Let me show you this, this little boy praying. I decree and declare, God, you granted the children supernatural strength and ability of fight, a good fight of faith. I decree and declare they are qualified to share in Jesus' inheritance. I decree and declare they are reconciled to God. I decree and declare they are firmly rooted, built up, and established in the faith. I decree and declare thou a steward of great wealth. I decree and declare thou an abandoned of for Christ, the light of the world.
Aleluya. Maybe he can come. It looked like maybe that was a baby dedication or something. Uh, come pray for our. But listen, there's an attitude that says uh, Jesus is alive. He's on the throne and he lives big in me. I am submitted to him, but I'm a representative of him, of him in the earth. And so when we pray, we pray different. We pray with a boldness, a confidence. We stand in Jesus' name in his place. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 in, in closing, the Phillips translation reads, The whole creation is on tiptoe to see the wonderful sight of the sons of God coming into their own. I tell you, it's time for the sons of God to come into their own. It's time for us to see ourselves in the light of the resurrection. Praise God.